0: Then I'm reading two weeks ago in Matthew chapter 7. I'm just going through Matthew right now. Going through Matthew chapter 7, one of my favorite verses, 7, seven through 11, where it says, Jesus saying, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. And in the Greek, it really communicates. Ask, and keep on asking. Don't stop. Keep asking until you get what you're asking for. Knock, and keep knocking until the door finally opens. Seek, and keep seeking until you finally find what you're looking for. And then he goes on to talk about how if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more does God, your Father, love to give good gifts to those who ask? Okay? And so here I read Jesus saying, you need to ask, and it's a good thing to ask, and God loves to give good gifts to those who ask. Does it take work to ask, and to keep on asking, and to keep on asking, and to keep on asking? Yes. Does it take um, effort to knock and to keep knocking and to keep knocking and to keep knocking? Yeah, it takes effort, right? So on one hand in the kingdom, we have this stance of everything's been given to you, just receive. Receive. You don't need to do anything. Like, you cannot do anything to earn or merit more of God's favor, more of God's blessing, more of his love in your life. You can't do anything because it was all a gift given to you by Jesus. In Romans, it says, just receive the, the gift of grace and the abundance of righteousness. I got it mixed up. The, what is it? The abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Receive, right? But then at the same time, we have Jesus saying, Ask, go do something for these things, right? And then I'm reminded of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, where it says, it's talking about faith, and it says, you can't please God without faith. And when you come to God, you have to believe that he is who he says he is. You have to believe he's going to do what he said he's going to do, and you must believe that he is going to reward those who diligently seek him. OK, does it take hard work and focused effort to diligently seek something? Yes. Can I hear it loud? Yes. yes. All right. It takes hard work to diligently seek after anything in your whole life. You're going to put forth a lot of effort towards that thing. So um, David Parker told us about this show called The Curse of Oak Island. Anybody watch it? Brian, OK, is that it? Have you watched it? Okay. you Who? Sarah's watched it? Okay. So The Curse of Oak Island is a show on History Channel. And David Parker told me that he'd just been enamored by it. And so we binge-watched before the baby came. No, no, not—it was after the baby came. I can't remember. We watched a lot of—I mean, like, embarrassingly too many hours of this show. All the seasons. And we can't wait for this next one to come out in the, probably the fall. So these guys— heard about this island called Oak Island, and supposedly it's cursed, and all these people have to die before the treasure's found. But there's all this history of treasure being put there from, like, the Knights Templar and some of these kind of people hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So there's been all these major excavations on this island. I mean, huge, costing millions and millions of dollars, digging huge holes into the earth. And every time they come out and do these excavations, they find more clues Hundreds of feet down inside of the earth pointing towards something very significant is down inside of this island, right? And so these guys have purchased the majority share of the island. And they have spent millions and millions of dollars digging test holes and testing different areas and theories and doing research. And every time they dig into something else, they find something new showing there's something down here. Like wood from... Chess, hundreds of years old, flecks of gold, like, it's crazy, right? But let me tell you, they are diligently seeking after what's inside the ground, and they are exerting an unbelievable amount of effort and money and time and strength to dig and find the treasure that's inside of the ground, okay? So when God says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, you have to, you can't please God without faith. And when you come to God, you have to believe he is who he says he is. You have to believe he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And you have to believe that he's going to reward those who diligently seek him. Okay? So to me, when I think diligently seek, it is, it is work. So I, so I read the book. Just receive, I'm like, yeah, it's all there, perfect, oh, it's so easy. But then over here, in diligently seek, I'm like, oh, I'm tired already just thinking about it. Anybody else have that, this strange dichotomy that, like, both are true, right? Both are right and true. And then in the middle, you have Jesus saying, just ask. He loves to give gifts, just ask, right? And then you have other truth of don't manipulate, right? Don't twist God's arm and, okay. So that's where I am the last few weeks. Like, oh, Lord, help. What in the world are we saying? So as I'm processing these things and just asking him, how do do we live in the middle of all of that tension? um, He put some things in my heart. So the trouble is if you go too far down the rabbit hole with the only received teaching, you can begin to believe that there's nothing you can do to receive more of God's favor or blessing in your life. And while it's true that you don't earn God's favor and we don't do anything to merit his favor and blessings and love, I do believe there's practical things we can do to enjoy more of his blessings and favor and love in our life. Okay? Are you tracking with me? All right. So I view it like an ocean. Okay? Think about the ocean. Every country, not every country, every continent in the world has borders around the ocean. It's huge, it's this amazing, amazing body of water, okay? You all have free access to the ocean anytime you want, okay? Any of us right now can go enter the ocean free access. You can enjoy as much of the ocean as you want to or as little of the ocean as you want to. And every human in the entire world has free access to that ocean to enjoy all of its benefits or none of its benefits. It's completely up to every single human. Sometimes religion likes to block people in and say, oh, you have to pay this. You have to do this. You have to come through this gate. Right. But the truth is, if we think of God's love, favor, blessings like the ocean, Everybody has free access because of what Jesus did. Nobody earned access. Nobody earned, uh, did anything special to get access. Everybody has free access. Okay? So even though we all have free access, some people enjoy the ocean more than others, right? There's some people, like my wife, who's like, I got to see the ocean at least once a year or I will die. I will literally pop and die on the spot. And so, like, we just went to Galveston a few days ago, and we literally, we had a great vacation. We went all these different stops, but Galveston was one of them. In planning the trip, we thought we'd be in Galveston for two hours, but we had to go to Galveston for her to literally see the ocean, or else, <laughs> Okay. So we go to Galveston and we see the ocean. But it took effort for us to get to Galveston. It took effort for us to go to Bubba Gump Shrimp Company and sit on the water and watch the waves roll in to cross our kids across this crazy highway to get there, right? It takes effort to enjoy the ocean. Some people love the ocean and its benefits so much that they choose to build their house. They do whatever it takes to live on the shores of the ocean. It costs a lot of money to live on the ocean, but it's worth it to those people. Some people think it's so worth it to be on the ocean, to be a part of the ocean life, that they buy yachts and boats, and they live literally on the surface of the ocean. And they, they travel the world, and they enjoy, and they explore all different parts of the ocean. Then, then some people realize that there's a whole world underneath the surface, And so they invest in scuba diving equipment and miniature submarines to go enjoy all of the blessings that the ocean has to offer. And at the same time, some people choose to live in the mountains, and they don't want anything to do with the ocean ever. They don't ever want to go near it. They don't ever want to see it. They could care less if it existed. They stay over there, right? Okay, so let's keep in mind the ocean in this analogy is God's love, his favor, his blessings. It's free for all. Anybody can enjoy it. But the ones who enjoy it most are the ones who invest the most energy and time and effort trying to be a part of it. Right? Okay, let's take it another step further. Let's say that the ocean waters have this magical property that will do anything you want it to do. It's like a genie, okay? So you pick up a a scoop of water, and it will give you life eternal. It will um, bring blessings in your life. It will name it. Whatever magical property you're hoping for, that's what the ocean does, okay? So you have one person that walks into the ocean, and they grab a scoop of water with their hands. And it is leaking out, but they really want to take this this bit of water back to where they come from. So they scoop it up, and it's leaking and leaking. They have a little bit, and hopefully they can get back to where they want to go before it's all leaked out. How much capacity of the blessing of the ocean does this person have? They have the amount that their hands are going to hold. That's the capacity that they have. All right, now somebody else comes up to the ocean, and they've got a Yeti cup. All right? And they walk up, and they scoop up their ocean water, and it's not leaking, and it's staying where it's supposed to be at the exact temperature. It's supposed to be forever because it's Yeti. Okay? How much capacity does this person have for the ocean blessings? They've got enough that a Yeti cup will hold, right? Did it? Did it take very much for them to get that capacity? It cost a little bit, you know? It cost them 40 bucks, Or if they're smart, it cost them $8 from Walmart, right? It wasn't too bad. It's not too heavy. It's not too difficult to carry. They have more capacity than the first guy to enjoy the blessings of the ocean. Now, let's say the next guy comes along, and he's got a one-gallon bucket. He comes up. He scoops up. It's a little bit heavier, Right? It it, it takes a little bit more effort to utilize the blessings of the ocean life. But he now has more capacity than this guy. And then the next guy comes along. He's got a 55-gallon barrel drum. Okay? He, He fills it up with the ocean water. He fights with it to get it off the shore. He's got a little dolly to take it where he wants to go. He loads it up into his truck. Does it take him more effort to enjoy more blessings of the ocean life than the guy with the bucket? or than the guy with the Yeti cup, or than the guy with his hands. Okay? It takes him more work to enjoy it. And now the last guy comes, and he's in a flipping oil tanker on the water. I don't know how many thousands of gallons he can hold, but he wins. He has the most capacity of everybody to enjoy the benefits of the blessings of the ocean water. Am I right? Who had to exert the most effort and energy of those people? The oil tanker. It it took his life savings. It took probably his whole life to get to the point where he could buy an oil tanker to fill it up with the blessings of the ocean life. But who's going to enjoy the blessings of the ocean life the most? The oil tanker, right? All right. That makes me think of Galatians 6, chapter, uh, verse 7 through 8. I'm going to read several different versions of it. The NIV, it says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Okay? Don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The ESV says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. The Amplified Bible says this, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses, will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And the Kingdom Translation says it this way Don't be misled. God won't have people turning up their noses at him. What you sow is what you'll reap. Yes, if you sow in the field of your flesh, you will harvest decay from your flesh. But if you sow in the field of the Spirit, you will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. Okay? So the Bible is very clear. If you expect to reap something, you must sow into it. And sowing into it takes applied effort. If you want to reap something, you have to apply effort towards that thing, and you will reap something from your applied effort. Okay? Okay? Another analogy that I want to, uh, th- as I was journaling and processing, this is the analogy I felt like the Lord gave me initially that was helpful. So we've been talking for several weeks. So the Lord gave this to me like a month ago when I was first, first beginning to process it. His blessings are like a river. We've been talking about that. It's a free river. Anybody can jump into it. Anybody can go and, and access any part of it that they, that they want to. Okay. So I want you in your mind to envision the largest river in the whole world. The the biggest river you've ever seen, plus 100,000. Maybe not that big, but you may have seen a big river. Okay, so for me, the biggest river I've ever seen was in uh, a few years ago, Rachel's dad and I went hunting, and we went to Zimbabwe. Where Zimbabwe and Zambia meet together is this place called Victoria Falls. Okay? So Victoria Falls has the the Zambezi River. Do it this way, like this. Huge, wide river going this way, and then there's a shelf of the earth that goes like this, okay, and on the other side, there's another shelf, and there's another river coming in, and where the river meets, this is Victoria Falls, okay, it's not the tallest waterfall in the whole world, okay, it's all, it's 33 stories tall, okay, but it's still not the tallest, But 33 stories, okay? The Devon Tower is 50 stories tall. So just imagine almost all the way up to the Devon Tower, that's how tall this waterfall is. It's over one mile wide, okay? So this section of river right here, right before it drops into the earth, is a mile wide. In Oklahoma City, the stoplights are usually at a mile increment, okay? So just imagine how long it takes you to go from 119th Street to 134th Street. That's a whole mile all river, that whole way. Okay? So, just imagine this giant river going together, dropping 33 stories into the earth. When you put those two together, this is the largest waterfall in the world. In terms of the mass, the the solid sheet of water falling from here to there, it's the largest waterfall in the world. It's incredible. It's so much fun to watch. So, Imagine that river, okay? This river is God's blessing, his love, his favor for your life. And the reason I'm, I'm teaching about this is because I'm always asking, God, how do I, I want to be in the very middle of your blessing. I want to be like in the very center of all the favor that you have for me. I want to stand in the middle of it all of my days, right? And everything that I do, I want to be in the middle of your blessing, your favor, and your love. So how do I do it? Do I just receive or do I have to do something? What do I help, right? So God's blessing is this river right here. Now let's say that there's a man who's on this side and he looks a mile across the river and he decides there's something beautiful over here. He wants to be a part of it. He wants to travel over there. He wants to explore all the parts of the river so he can enjoy the river even more. And so he begins to uh, realize he's going to have to swim to the other side, the solid mile to get over there. But it's a, it's a fast-moving river. It's strong current. On a scale of one to five with the whitewater rapids, this guy is a five, which means it is the, as fast as it gets. It is as wild as a whitewater rapid gets. Five of five right here. So he's thinking, oh, my gosh, how am I going to swim from here to here? But he jumps in the water, and he begins to swim. Day one, he can swim 10 feet. And he comes back, and he's thinking, wow, it's going to take some work to get across to the other side. But I want to enjoy the benefits on the other side, so I'm going to swim. Day two, he comes back. Now he can swim 20 feet. Day three, he comes back. He can swim farther and farther. And day after day after day after day after day, he presses and he presses and he presses. He gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And eventually, after months and months and months and months of really hard work, he gets to the point where now he can get all the way to the other side. And he's like, dream come true. This other side is so amazing. I'm so enjoying all that this river has to offer. He's thrilled. He comes back the next day ready to go again to the other side. And you know what? This time, his daddy is standing there at the seashore, at the river shore, at the riverbank, whatever it's called. His dad's been watching him for months. He's been observing. He's been proudly watching, approving. Way to go, son. He says, I've been watching you day in, day out, day in, day out. You've been working so hard to get to the other side. I've been watching your effort. I'm so proud of you. I've got a gift for you. And he unveils a a brand new boat. Okay? Okay? He says, This boat, this is for you. You've worked so hard. I want to reward you with this gift, this tool, so that you can explore even more of the river. Now, not only can you get to here, but you can explore all of the river, anywhere you want, any time of day. Go wherever you want, explore it, enjoy it. It's yours wow, what a great blessing, what a great gift. And it's the delight of the father to give this reward because the son has been working hard to get to enjoy these blessings, right? So let's think a few months later on down the road, the son's been enjoying the river, the surface of the river, and he's thinking, this is so fun, I love this. And he's swimming out in the water and he opens his eyes and he realizes there's a whole nother world underneath the surface of the river. And he thinks, wow, that's amazing. I want to experience that. And he begins to... Learn how to swim with his eyes open. And then he begins to learn how to free dive. And he, at first he can hold his breath for 30 seconds. But then he keeps pushing himself and pushing himself. And before long he can hold it for a minute. And then next he can hold it for two minutes. Next he can hold it. For, before long he's holding his breath for five minutes straight. And he can dive all the way to the bottom of the river. And he's enjoying all the aspects of the river under the surface. And guess who's there the next day? His daddy. His dad's been watching him. He says, son, you've been working so hard. I'm so proud of what you've accomplished. This is amazing. I know that you love to explore underwater. Five minutes is your limit right now. I want to give you one more tool, one more gift to help you explore anytime you want. And he pulls out the scuba gear, right? Okay? This is the Father's heart to reward you when you diligently seek him and you diligently press in to him When you ask and you keep asking and you knock and you keep knocking and you seek and you keep seeking. This is the Father's heart to reward you and to give you good gifts to help you experience more of his blessings. Amen? So, now just imagine if in that story, day one, this guy wants to swim across the river. He gets 10 feet in. He freaks out. He's like, oh my gosh, it's too strong. It's too strong, but I want to get over there. Daddy, oh daddy, I need a boat. I need a $500,000 boat right now. Oh daddy, I'm going to die. And he barely gets back, right? And the dad's like, oh my gosh, get over it. Day two. Oh, oh I'm going to die. Help me, daddy. I really need that boat now. It's a million dollar boat, right? And every day he's whining, he's complaining, he's manipulating. I'm going to die. Dad, my life is ruined. If I can never get to this other side, my whole life is worthless. Give me a boat. Right? Finally, after months, one day the guy shows up and there's a boat. Is the dad smiling this time? The dad, this is like a bribe, paying the dude off to be quiet. I don't know. If anybody has any kids, you've probably never experienced anything like this in your life. I know I never have. My children are angels. But sometimes I've heard that you can just give in because you can't handle it anymore because they've asked you and whined and complained so much that you just give them what they want. When that happens in my life, it is not a joy for me to give in. It is purely tapping out. I don't care what you want. Just leave me alone, please. It's manipulation. And and what's sad is they don't understand my heart to reward them, and they're missing the whole point. At the same time, what would be really sad, let's take my children, for example. Let's say that... um, they come to me in the morning, and they just begin to beg me. Oh, Dad, 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 please. Oh, Dad, please, would you feed me tonight? Please, please, Dad, I really want dinner. I really want some dinner. Please don't, don't let me die. Please don't let me die. Dad, please give me some food tonight. Please, just, please, I, I don't want to starve. I don't want to die. I'll do anything. I'll do anything you want. That breaks my heart because it's twisted. It's wrong. It's wrong thinking about my heart and my character towards my children when they're asking for things that already belong to them because they're part of my family right? Or, oh, dad, oh, dad, please, please give me a bed. Please, please give me a bed. Oh, daddy, please. I just really want a bed. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Go to your bed. It's in your room. It is your bed. I don't want your bed. You, it, go. When they have the wrong thinking that they need to ask me for things that are already theirs, that hurts my heart because it's twisted thinking about my character. And we can do that so often with God where we come to him and we ask him for things that are already rightly ours because you are already 100% righteous before God because of Christ. You are already seated with him in the heavenly places on Jesus' lap up there in the circle. You have all access to all of heaven. So we have to be careful of, of the balance between the two where we're not manipulating God when we're asking for things. We're not asking for things that are already rightly ours because we're part of the family, but that we receive when we're supposed to receive and that we ask when we're supposed to ask and we work hard and diligently seek when we're supposed to diligently seek, okay? Rewards are an integral part of our society, right? Without rewards, people would not push themselves. People would not become as great as they are. Olympians wouldn't be Olympians without rewards, Eli this summer, uh, not this summer, this semester, he read definitely hundreds, very likely thousands of pages of books this semester about history because he had a reward before him of getting an AR trophy, right? And because of that, now when we go anywhere and we state anything about history, he knows more about history than we do. (laughs) Praise God. <laughs> so we're like, we went to this battleship that was really cool. Wasn't it cool, Eli? We went to this battleship, and I'm trying to explain a little something about a battleship. And no, 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 just don't even try. Eli knows it all. Because, because he's worked hard, and I'm so proud of him that he's worked so hard that I joyfully reward him. Okay? Rewards are a good thing, and it's a godly thing, and it's a right thing to be rewarded, for God to reward you. Um, we're going to reward our kids this summer. Every day they have the opportunity to earn seven stars. They can earn a star by spending time with God. They can earn a star by um, cleaning up their room. They can earn a star by doing something sweet to a family, whatever. They can earn seven stars a day. They'll earn little prizes at the end of each week. But at the end of the summer, collectively, between the three of them, if they've earned a 1,000 stars, then they get a Nintendo Switch, Right? So they're going to diligently seek this goal, and I am going to joyfully, with delight, give them a reward at the end if they fulfill what they're going for, right? And that is godly and right. If I want the reward of weight loss, okay, I have to diligently seek the reward of weight loss, which I'm not currently doing. If I want the gift of weight loss, that's a totally different thing, right? But if I want the reward, I have to work hard for it, which I do want the gift of weight loss. That would be awesome. Come on. (laughs) Supernatural weight loss. Um, But rewards are a good thing. In God's eyes, rewarding people for hard work is a good thing. Okay? There's, There's nothing wrong with it. And it says you can't please him unless you believe that he's going to reward you. What? That's crazy but that's his heart because he loves to reward us, all right? So, to wrap it up, what's our right response to these four scriptures? Romans chapter 5, 17, which is what we've been talking about for a month, which is receive the gift, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Just receive. And then the next concept is Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask and keep asking and you will receive. God loves to give gifts, and then the third one is Hebrews eleven six, seek diligently and he will reward you. And then Galatians six seven through eight, which says, "Don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. You will reap what you sow." Okay. So what's our response to all of these all of these truths in the scriptures? We have to recognize, first off, that you have free and full access already to God's love, blessings, and favor. There's nothing you can do to earn his love, blessings, or favor. There's nothing you can do to merit him giving you his blessings, love, and favor. It's already done. You already have free access, okay? At the same time, we have to recognize if you want to enjoy more of God's blessing, favor, and love, it will require focus, energy, and time to learn to use the tools given To you, so that you can enjoy more of his goodness. If you want a greater capacity for enjoying more of him and more of his love and more of his blessings, it will require you exerting effort and going after those things so that your capacity can grow and you can enjoy more. All right? God loves it when we set our minds to something and we press in for more in him. And God loves to reward that behavior. He also loves to listen to your desires and your wants. And as we ask for them, he loves to give us gifts. So how do you learn to walk in the middle of God's favor, blessings, and love in your life? Number one, recognize your access is not earned, but it's a gift. Number two, choose to enter into that favor, blessings, and love. And number three, devote yourself to do whatever it takes to live in the middle of that river of blessings. Amen? And if you do, you'll find that you're going to be rewarded with gifts abundantly, and you'll find such great joy as you enjoy the things of God. Amen? Amen. Those are my thoughts from the last few weeks. I hope it's helpful. I hope you press in like more than ever before. Stand up with me. Let's pray. Father, we love you. I think we all collectively agree. We want to live in the middle of that river of blessing and of favor and of your love. All of our days. We want to live right in the very middle of it. We want to be washed every single day with the currents of grace and love and blessing and favor. So God, teach us what tools you've given us. Teach us how to press in harder to enjoy even more of you, to have a greater capacity to enjoy that place with you. Teach us, God, the balance of receiving and the balance of asking without manipulation and the balance of being rewarded. Father, teach us the balance and make it ever clear the times when we're simply supposed to receive because it's already been given and the times when we're supposed to ask because you love to give great gifts to your kids who ask in the times when we're supposed to diligently seek so that we can be rewarded with those things. God, teach us the difference between them and help us run with all of our hearts towards those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen.